0: Thank you for listening to the New Life Church Podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. We'll get to that here in just a just a few minutes. Um, So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, continue on with the mini-series I started last week, and this is actually turning into a regular series because we're not going to finish it today. We didn't finish in the 8.30 service, so we'll be finishing it again next week. And you say, well, what about Father's Day? Well, you fathers are getting a good sermon next week. There you go. So. Uh, we'll, we'll just do it that way. Uh, but we've been talking about the parable of the sower, and I know that if you're here today and you go, oh man, the parable of the sower, I've heard it a thousand times. Well, you need to hear it a thousand and one. Uh, and this is going to change your life, and it is going to help you. Uh, I hope that it uh, challenges you. I hope it encourages you. I hope in some ways it even incites you. Uh, I hope I can get maybe a little bit under your skin a little bit. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm kind of wanting to motivate you a little bit. And I, I want to kind of, you know, have you ever had somebody just kind of stuck? I, I, it's kind of like, to me, it's like, uh, you know, we had the grandbabies over uh, yesterday. And so they were all over the house. They were over there for about four hours. And and we love our grandbabies. They're great, great kids. But some, a two-year-old sometimes doesn't operate on the same wavelength as you do. You know, and so you could say, "Hey, come on, let's go," and and that that means sit there and do nothing, and and it's it's come on, come on, and so sometimes that's kind of like a church. I, I, I don't mean to be insulting, but sometimes it's, it's come on, let's let's go. We 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 got some we got stuff to do, people to see. We we got something. Can you say amen? There, you know, this, this this isn't a social club. This is something that we are doing together that touches the world for Jesus. Can you say amen? It's not just for us. It's We, we get lots of benefit. We, we're touched. We're ministered to. God does great things in us. But the reason that God didn't just take us home when we got saved is he's wanting us to go into all the world. Can you say amen? And that we would extend or expand the borders of the kingdom, that we would be fruitful and multiply. Amen. And so somewhere along the line, we've got to be that people. And so if we're going to be that people, then we're going to have to listen to stuff like this. And so before we move on this morning, I want to take a few moments and remind you of a few things that we said last week, because it is extremely important that we get this because what we are talking about in the parable of the sower is we are talking about the central part of our lives our heart our heart is extremely important because much of the time the difference between success and failure in any endeavor in life boils down to the condition of our heart your heart is the key to success Mark that down. What's going on in the inside of you will determine a lot of things in your life. How many know that when God was picking the replacement for King Saul... That God sent Samuel to go anoint a king, and he says, I want you to go to the house of Jesse. And Jesse had a bunch of sons and they were strapping lads. You know, they're you're the you know, they got they're you know, they're the guys with muscles and they're all that. And and certainly he starts at the oldest one. He goes, Man, this he looks like a king. This this is the guy. Amen. See, this is what's fun. I don't look like a pastor. I, I and it's my heart. It's not. If you go by my looks, I don't even look like a good Walmart greeter, let alone a pastor. And so, uh, the reality is, it's your heart. And so, God says, "No, it's none of those guys. It's it's this. Where is David? Where is this ruddy little kid that's out tending the sheep?" And they go, "You really want him?" Yeah, I think he's the one. Why? Why would you pick him? Because he's a man after my heart. I've seen that in his heart. So the condition of your heart speaks more about you than anything. Can you say amen? And the, the cool thing about the heart is that the words of your mouth Describe your heart. The words of your mouth, listen to me, the words of your mouth are going to give us a bird's eye view of your heart. How you speak and what you talk about is going to show us what is in your heart. Not just on your bad day, but on your good day. Amen. So our hearts are incredibly Important, and it amazes me this morning, how little we consider our heart and the condition that it's in only we, we do that we, we only consider it when it's something's going wrong. You ever notice that? Yep. You ever notice the fact that generally we don't consider stuff? I remember years ago, let me kind of put it this way. I remember being a kid years ago and on TV there was a great commercial. How many remember when oil came in cans? You remember you had that thing that you put in it was a spout? You remember that they had the can? And I remember there was uh, 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 a commercial for Pennzoil. And the guy is holding a can of oil. And he's talking about getting your oil changed. And he's standing next to an engine. And he has his hand on the engine and he has his hand on the oil. He goes, you can change your oil now or you can change it later. But you're going to change that oil. See, and that's a lot like Christianity because what we do is we don't pay attention to what's going on the inside until the engine starts failing. Until something starts going sideways, and then generally we go, what's wrong? Why is all of this happening to me? Well, I can tell you why. Because there's a problem in your heart. There's something going wrong inside of you. And whether you know it or not this morning, your heart is a target. Both God and the devil are shooting for your heart. Make no mistake about it. God wants your heart. The devil wants to captivate your heart as well. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's why God urges us to surrender our hearts to him and to guard our heart with all diligence. Are you hearing me? So in this particular parable, and specifically what we're talking about is we're tell, Jesus is telling us what kind of heart it takes to receive and retain the Word of God. Now listen to me this morning. All hearts do not receive or retain the Word the same. They just don't. And that's what Jesus tells us. He says there's four types of hearts. And we looked at the, the first heart last week, and we could only get through the first one. We looked at that heart that Jesus called the, he called it on one, in one version, he calls it the pathway. Another one, he, he calls it the wayside or the hard ground. He talks about a hard heart. And Jesus said, when the sower goes out to sow seed, and the seed being the word of God, that sometimes seed falls on hard spots or a hard heart. And we looked at that and we said, what does that mean? What does this hardness represent? See, that's the thing that we've got to look at. Because remember, he's talking to people that believe in him. He's not talking to just a bunch of people in the world. Now, we understand it applies to the world. We understand that. But he's talking to his disciples. Okay? And he says, look at the seed sometimes falls on hard hearts. So how is it that we can be in a church yet have a hard heart? Well, the way that is, is because we've come to a place that we either do not understand or we do not care to understand the Word of God. What it boils down to is we have no real value for the Word. Now, when I say something like that, and I'm going to try to explain this to you, that sounds like we are being wicked or evil because there's not a person in this room that would ever say they don't have value for the Word of God. But what you do with the Word tells us what the value of it is in your life. How you treat the Word Again, looking at children, one of the things parents learn is that when children have skin in the game, in other words, when children have paid a price for something, they treat that something much better than when it's just given freely. See, I remember when I was growing up, the very first bike I got, my parents bought me. My dad looked at me and said, this will be the last bike I buy you. And I said, well, I'll never, see, like every kid, immaturity goes, well, I'll never need another bike. This is the best thing on the planet. I'll never need another one. About six months later, I wanted a new bike. My dad said, not a problem. Wanting a new bike is an honorable thing. Go buy it. Now I remember the bike I wanted. I, re- I said, I'm going to reach into some of you guys. I'm, this is good. I wanted a mongoose. Does anybody know what a mongoose is? Ooh, it was a class. And I wanted the I wanted the mongoose where it, it had the double neck. You know what I'm talking about? And then it had it didn't have spoke wheels. It had those big wide. Do you, do you, does anybody know what? I'm oh man, I had a friend that had a mongoose like that. And it had in big red letters mongoose. It was a dirt it was a dirt bike and Oh, man, it could jump farther than any other bike. You could pedal it faster than any other bike. It was like Converse, you know, you can jump higher and run faster than anyone else. I wanted that so bad. But mongooses back then, even back then, were $300. And when I was in sixth grade, $300 might have been $3 because yeah. I wasn't going to get either. I remember, man, I worked and I worked and I worked and I worked and I mowed grass and I mowed yards and I raked leaves and I rearranged rocks and I worked and worked and worked and worked and I got me $79 and went down and bought me a Yellow Front knockoff. Does anybody remember the store Yellow Front? Am I going too far back into history? Am I dating myself here a little bit? I went in, I, I couldn't wait to get to 300 I did not have the discipline to, to save $300 for the mongoose, so I settled for the yellow front knockoff because it looked enough like it. Yeah. But I treated that thing, I washed it every day. Because one of the things that we like to do in those days is ride our bikes through the mud. But we'd ride it through the mud, but I'd come home and I'd wash it. I even had my dad, I said, Dad, I hear there's a thing called a chamois. I said, what's a chamois? He goes, oh, you rub that on, you you know, and you polishes the metal and all that. Boy, I treated that bike special. Because I had skin in the game. I paid all $79 for that thing. The 10-speed, how many remember what a 10-speed is? The 10-speed that I had before that, it was junk. I didn't pay nothing for it. Who cared? See, that's the difference. What happens is we start treating the Word of God as if it's, it's okay. Yeah, I love the Word, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't really like doing it, but I like it. I especially like those things that encourage me. I especially like those parts that say Jesus loves me. Yeah. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Yeah. But you know those pesky parts that tell me what to do and how to live? Well, the problem is this morning that the average Christian has shifted the Word of God into neutral. Though we hear it, or though we are hearing, we do not hear, and though we are seeing, we do not see. And no longer does the Word of God accomplish what it was sent to do, not because it's lost its power, but because we have greatly neglected its value. And I believe what has happened is that we grow indifferent to the Word. And what we need more than anything else this morning is we need to return to the Word of God, its power and its authority in our lives. Listen to where I'm going, church. This is not going to be one of those messages where you go, ooh, wow, that was, man, that really fired me up. That was, uh, I hate using this word, but I will, because it reminds me of my friend Mike. It's not a sexy message, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's like, like, ooh, that was sexy. Uh, This is one of those nuts and bolts down in your face like, how am I going to get out of the trouble that I'm in? (laughs) How am I going to really get through this thing called life? Because life is starting to get serious. All of a sudden now things aren't working the way they're supposed to. And what am I going to do? Well, you're going to have to return to the Word. Because in order for that word to penetrate your heart and bring about the fruit that it's called to do, it has to get on the inside and you're going to have to value it a little bit. Can you say amen? So when we look at our text, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says in Matthew 13 verses 3 through 9, he tells them this parable. He says, then he told them many things in parables saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. And some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, thirty times. What was sowed, sown, he who has ears, let him hear. So what we're going to do is we've talked about this hard ground. Let's, let's talk about the rocky soil or the stony ground. Because when the disciples came to Jesus said, explain this parable. Help us to understand what you're saying to us. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 13. In verse 20, he says, but he who receives the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So what is he talking about? He's talking about the person who responds to God with joy and enthusiasm, but the change does not last because there's no root. Once trouble or persecution, once things get difficult, they begin to fall away and change never comes. Here's the thing, this is surprisingly taking place more often than you would think in the church. Listen to what I'm saying. This is pandemic in Christianity. People get excited, they go to conferences, they go to revivals, they go to seminars. We are forever being taught, 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 but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. And we're excited about things and we love it and we, and we post it on Facebook and Instagram and we've got our wonderful meme and all that stuff and we go, look what I learned. But life is not changing. Year after year, we go, in, we go to church, we pray, we worship, we say amen, yet nothing really changes because we're still dealing with the same problems we dealt with 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. The same exact problems. We hear things and we get on fire for a little while. But then, the pushback. Let me just assure you today... The devil has a vested interest in ripping you off. He's going to push back. But he is defeated. And you have everything you need and more to conquer him and put him in his place. What God needs is he needs someone that's going to stand up and say enough. Enough. And you know what? The first time you say it, He's not going to back down. He's going to call your bluff. Because he's heard Christians say, enough before. Only to push a little harder and then they wimp out. Somebody's got to stand and said, I said enough and I'm not taking it anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going here anymore. If I can be a little vulnerable with you. It seems to be a little bit of my style, I struggle with this. There are things that I struggle with in my life. I have insecurities and difficulties and different things that happen in my life, and I can hear things and see things, and things start going haywire, and all of a sudden, hell gets involved and wants to begin to communicate and wants to begin to go, see, look at, it, look at, it, look at. It. You, you are failing. You, you're doing no good. And, you know, everybody, everybody looks at me and goes, oh, how, how can you believe that? I mean, what, how could you? Well, because I'm just like you. I believe the same lie you do. I sit on the edge of my bed going, wow, man. Have I given the majority of my life to something that wasn't even supposed to be? And then I have to ask myself, where is this exactly coming from? It's not coming from God, because God does not operate that way. God does not use shame and guilt to motivate us. The difference between condemnation and conviction is this. Condemnation attacks you. Condemnation will say to you, you are no good, you're rotten to the core. Conviction says, hey John, see that spot right there? That needs to go because it doesn't please me. I love you enough to take that out. That's conviction. But what happens is we get lost in the lie, we, 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 we listen to the devil and all of a sudden he, he's pushing in and because we have no growth and no root, the heat's turned up and we begin to fade and wither and we go back right where we came from. And what God is saying, he says, wait a second, what I want you to do is I want you to grow. Grow. I want you to deepen those roots. I want you to get that tap root that goes deep down into the soil of my word where you can pull up the nutrients and the moisture and all that you need so that when hell is coming against you, you can stand strong and say, Not this day, devil. Not today. Not today. See, that's why, and I'm going to read you some scripture that you need to hear. You need to hear this, church. Because Jesus is concerned. On one side, he goes, look at some of you, your hearts are so hard. My word can't even penetrate, and it's stolen before you ever leave church. Then there's some of you that because of the fact that you haven't grown, the roots, you, you, you receive it with great enthusiasm. You're happy. You love it. You love the word of God. But the moment there's pressure, the moment there's an attack, you disappear. You disappear. Somewhere what we have to do is we have to make a commitment to, ooh, there's a tough word, to grow, to grow. Listen to this, this passage, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14 says, there is so much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't listen. Listen. You have been Christian so a long time now, and you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basics, basic things a beginner must learn about the Scriptures. You are like babes who drink only milk and cannot eat solid food, and a person who is living on milk isn't very far along in the Christian life and doesn't know much about what, about doing what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who have trained themselves Trained themselves, trained, disciplined themselves to recognize the difference between right and wrong and then do what is right. See, church, that's what's missing. That's what's missing. Look, at I, I've been saved a long time and in church a long time. And I love good Holy Ghost, you know, chandeliers swinging, holy roller rolling, tongue talking, fire breathing, snot blowing, crying, altar calls. I love it. Love it. But what I don't like is when people get up from that unchanged because it was an emotional experience. Listen to 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to mature Christians. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you couldn't handle anything stronger. And you still aren't ready, for you're still controlled, listen, by your own sinful desires. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your own desires? You are acting like people who don't even belong to the Lord. Oh. Oh. Come on, see, it's, see, we love scriptures, we love the blessing scriptures, but those, those, those ones you read fast. Read that fast, skim that, skim through that, skim over that. But the Bible teaches us clearly, Jesus wants us to move towards a mature walk in God. Listen, it is not enough to get saved and wait to go to heaven. Salvation has a natural and logical result that comes with it, and it's called growth. Growth should be a normal part of our relationship with God. See, I, this is the thing that amazes me. It's only in the Christian realm, in the context or the construct of Christianity, where we accept non-growth as being acceptable. This morning at 8.30, my grandson, uh, Owen, he's two years old. He was laying on the front row right by Kathy, and he was sleeping and we had them over. We had, we had Wyatt and we had Owen and we had Oliver over last night. And, and we were watching them babysitting with them. And they're just a blast. We love our grandkids. We love our grandkids. And, and he was laying there. Now, he's two years old. Now, one of the things about Owen, Owen has a personality. Owen is not afraid of anything, nothing. If Owen were in here right now, he would run on stage and show you all how he can jump off. And if he could climb up here, he would show you how he could jump off that. He ain't afraid of anything. And he walks in, and, and he don't care. He'll go, give me five, and he'll, he'll let you hang, man. He just don't care. <laughs> He's, he's a cool little dude, man. I like him. He's just a cool little dude. And he, he is just, he's just like that. And so last night he comes over to the house and in our front yard we have, I, 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 Kathy bought me for Father's Day years ago, bought me a, don, a little donkey. He's this little donkey, and I love my little donkey. He sits on the hill in my front yard, and he overlooks everything. And, and every time Owen comes over, he jumps on that donkey and hangs onto his ears. We got pictures. I should have had Jason put the picture on, picture on the thing. But we got pictures of Owen. Now, now imagine, now Owen's 33. Riding the donkey. Something is wrong. When he's two, riding a donkey, it's cute. When he's 33, it's a problem. But in Christianity, we accept that kind of stuff. Oh, isn't, isn't that good? How long have they have been saved? Oh, 35 years. That's a problem. Only in the context of Christianity do we accept non-growth as being acceptable. And it's just not. God tells us over and over and over again. He wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. He wants us to grow up. And that's what he's talking about in this portion of the parable. He's saying because of the fact that your roots are shallow, because they don't grow, you're vulnerable. Because the sun is coming up, just as sure as it's going to hit over 100 degrees probably today, if you don't have roots, you're not going to survive it. So what's the answer? Well, I want you to look over to James, and I want you to consider this with me. And I don't mean to be cliche-ish, but this is not a cliche. This is really the Word of God. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the Word, not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man that observes his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. What is he saying? He's saying, apply the word of God. It's doing the word. Yeah. So let's, let's just see if we can walk this out a little bit. So let's just take an example out of life. If I get sick, if I get like, like the last time I was sick I had strep throat. Anybody ever had strep throat? Man, strep throat is a drag. And I, I had strep throat, and it, you know how it gets. It gets in your throat. I mean, it hurts. You can't even swallow. You, you, you're, you're amazed at how many times you actually swallow in the evening. You're not eating anything, but you're constantly swallowing. It's like, my God, it's like knives going down my throat. And I went to the doctor and the doctor tested me and says, you got strep throat. Here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you this antibiotics and you're going to take these pills four times a day for 10 days and strep throat's going to be gone. Now, if I go home and go, well, I, you know, I stayed in a Motel 6 last week and I know better than the doctor. Don't you, do you guys remember the commercial or is that too old? It's like we know better. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to take one a day. I bet you if I take one a day for 40 days, that'll be better. No, it don't work that way. It's designed for a day for 10 days. Then what happens is we, we, we either self-medicate or we don't medicate. We do it our way, our better idea, and then we get angry with God or we get angry with the doctor. Why didn't this work? How come you can't fix it? You're a quack. What, why would I trust you? See, and the reason that we laugh is because we sit back and we go, well, man, that's just stupid. Why would you go to the doctor if you don't want to do it? So here, let me, let's, just, here, so here let's just pick on some stuff. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you don't know who my neighbor is. I have I have a really nasty neighbor. They yell, they scream, they don't like me. They do this, they do that. Jesus says, love them. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll up the ante. Jesus, I'll up the love your enemy, yeah. love my enemy. I don't. I'm not loving my enemy. I'm going to go fight. I'm going to I'm going to beat my enemy down. Yeah. I'm going to take him out. God says, love them. God says, love your enemy. I'm not loving them. They, uh, Oh, how about this? How about this one? Forgive. Forgive. I, I, the, you don't, under, Pastor, you don't understand what they did to me. They're still doing it to me. Forgive them. They don't deserve forgiveness. Maybe not. But you deserve to be free. See, the thing is, is we think that somehow that in all of this is God's working for their benefit. Jesus said it this way when when there was a moment when Jesus, just before he ascended into heaven, he's talking with Peter and John, and he tells Peter the method by which he's going to be martyred. And then Peter starts to walk away, and he stops and he turns around. He goes to Jesus, well, what about John? And I love Jesus' response. He goes, you worry about you, and I'll worry about John. And that's the problem. What happens is we're trying to make all this thing equitable and fair. The only way that it can work the way it's supposed to is you do what God called you to do. You do what God's saying. You obey what the Word of God is coming to you. You do. You be a doer of the Word that has been given to you. So if he tells you to forgive, then do what? Forgive. He said, Pastor, that's going to be tough. Probably. And you're probably going to need his help to do it. It's going to be tough to love my neighbor and my enemy. Yep, it probably will be. And you'll need him to do it. But as you do it, you will grow closer to him. You will grow stronger. Your roots will go deeper. And you will become more resilient to the attack of the enemy. How about this one? I'm going to pick on human nature, okay? Stop gossiping. Don't be a gossip. Which same preacher I I don't gossip. I'm a purveyor of information. Do you know do you know why we gossip? Can I just be frank? Can I tell you why? Does gossip does two things. It makes us feel secure. And powerful. What do you mean? Because we are insecure, because we're not feeling good about ourselves, we share information with others that make us look better or thereby rallying their support to our cause because information has power. Are you hearing me? And so what we do is we go tell, we, and, and you know what? Well, I don't tell people lies. I just tell them the truth. It's the truth. But it's none of your business. Well, I'm telling them th- things that people said about them. It don't matter. Why would you do that? I have people come up to me all the time, almost daily. Do you know what someone said, said about you? I really don't care. I'm. am certain there are people talking. I'm certain there's people talking about me right now in this building. This message is such that it's generating conversation. I am not ignorant. There's people that are talking about it. There's people right now from the 8:30 service that left that the Word of God got stolen, and they're talking about me right now. I don't care. Say, so do you care about them? Absolutely, I love them, I care about them. But you know what, I can't, I can't change them. Only God can change them. And if I need to be the target for a little while, then so be it. But listen to this, I am not going to respond. And I don't care, I don't want to hear. Oh, But what we do is we, we actually with gossip, we, we, we make it a little bit more fancy because we, we've learned a few, we have grown a little bit. So what we do is we, we do Dermin, you know what? You're an intercessor. You, you, you've got a great prayer life. I just want you to know that um, we, we really need to pray for Gabriel. Because Gabriel is just, he's running amok, Derm. And he, you know what? He's, he's, he's in love with his Jeep. And uh, I'm not sure... I'm not really sure, but I, I'm, I'm feeling convicted that he might me making it an idol. <laughs> the problem is right now I'm feeling a little bit, because Gabriel's sitting there looking at me going, okay, come on preacher, keep going, keep going. But that's what we do, we clean it up. We put it into a prayer request, it's just fancy gossip. If you have, if your brother is caught in a fall, you know what Jesus says. If your brother's caught in a fall, you know what you do. You go restore them. Don't don't bring so and don't bring Durman into it. It's not Durman's business. Come on, you say. Why are you preaching these things? And you know what? The reality is, I've just picked on a few, some of the common ones. It it tells us that we got to walk by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. we got to walk in trust. He says, trust me with all your heart. Lean not to your own understandings. You know what? He says, I'll guide you. I'll show you. Acknowledge me in all your way, and I'll show you what way to go. He says, I'll do that for you. He tells us this, but what do we do? We don't trust him. We trust the electric bill. We trust the doctor's report. We trust the bank statement, and God says, trust me. I know. I, I'm, I'm human as well. And I've been there, I've struggled. I've struggled. And there are days when I get worried, and there are days when I don't know that I could trust him. There are days when my faith wanes, and there are days when I just want to talk all about you. <laughs> I'm going, to, I'm going to bring this to a close. Jason can come now. There's a verse in the scripture. I can't, I can't tell you the address right now, but it says, David writes, he says, Oh, that I had the wings of a dove, I would fly away. I never, never understood that for the longest time. I never understood, why, why would anybody want to fly away? I, I was involved in ministry. I pastored a couple churches, and I was the associate pastor here for a long time, and really never understood it until the weight began to sit on me. So I know wherewith I speak today. I've struggled. But I also know that if we don't deepen the root if we don't do what God tells us to do, we'll be taken out of the game. I've told you over and over again, if the devil can't destroy you, then he wants to derail you. He don't mind people going to church as long as they do nothing about what they hear. Church, the only thing I ask that you do is take a moment and 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 do a self assessment and say am i am i really doing the word am i guarding my heart am i guarding my mind am i watching what i speak because what's in the heart comes out of my mouth and so the best way to change what's coming out of your mouth is to change what's in your heart you can you can put a guard on your lips but still have a heart that's filled with evil so how do I change that let me, let me tell you the simplest way is put the word of God get hungry for the word hungry for the word of God feed on it you know I know with technology nowadays we there's a lot of things that we can do we can listen to the word we, can, we have audio books and stuff and you can have the Bible read to you and that's fine well, one of the things that we do is we tend to think that and I shared this illustration and I debated about whether I'll share it now. What we tend to do is, is we're, get, we're becoming a people that we're looking for a thousand different sources of the word. So we listen to all kinds of preachers and all kinds of stuff and, and that's fine. That's fine. I don't have anything against preachers. I am one. And, and, and uh, I listen to a lot of them. But there is no substitute for the digestion, me feeding on the Word. Yes. Yes. So you could come to church, and I can feed on the Word, and then I can uh, regurgitate it. And you can eat all you wish. (laughs) Or you can have it fresh. I have found eating the word fresh way better. I don't mind ABC gum. You know what ABC gum is? Already been chewed. That's a great illustration. We go to church, we reach under the chair, pull out a stick of gum. Got my daily word. That's got some interesting flavor to it. I know, it's horrible, and I I probably will be taking a nap today and wake up and regret all of this. I know. But church, hear my heart. Hear my heart, and I'm going to shut up and let you go because I'm... I can't even finish this sermon, just so you know. There's two more points. I can't finish it. We're going to carry it on next week. That's why it's becoming a big series instead of a mini one. But let me just say this to you here's my heart. There are people in this church, there are marriages, there are homes, there are families that are desperately struggling. And the reason you're struggling is because there's no depth of root. I want to give you a secret. Counseling just fixes nothing. I'm a counselor. I counsel a lot. But it fixes nothing. People come into my office and often come into counseling as if I I did counseling, but you did nothing we said in it. That's like saying I went to the gym and sat and watched everybody work out. We have to apply it. And my heart is for you to be successful. I want you to be filled and alive and filled with joy and hope and peace and grace. And I want you to have a relationship with God. But you're going to have to deepen the root. That means you're going to have to stand up and push back. You're going to have to say, you know what, enough's enough. If I can't say anything good, I'm saying nothing at all. If I can't communicate about my brother in a way that raises them up in the eyes of others, I'm not telling anything about them. If I can't love my neighbor, if I can't love my enemy, then somewhere i got to get back in the Word because I need God to give me that attitude. If I can't trust Him, if I can't have faith, then I need to rally myself back into the Word because that's where I get it. You need to live in the Word. Can you say amen to that? Why don't you bow your heads with me today? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time that we've had together. We thank you, Lord, for the revelation that Jesus, you've given us. And I pray that you help us. Father, help us. The thing that we want more than anything, Jesus, is you. Father, I just want you, God. I want you. Father, and I just pray right now for every person in this room, Lord, that you would touch them and minister to them. Father, that you would come alongside them and help them, God. Lord, that you would pour yourself into them. God, give them a passion, a passion for the Word. God, help, and help to deepen their root, God. Help to cause them to grow. And Father, we're careful to give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask my ministry team if they would come, our ministry team. If you have a need of any kind, you need prayer or you need healing or something in your life, these are up here today. Just come on up and just let them pray for you. Let's stand to our feet. I apologize for keeping you as long as we did. God bless you. Hopefully you can get to the restaurant before everybody else. God bless. Have a great day.